It feels good in the house of the Lord. Amen. I'm not going to be before you long. I believe the Lord has already begun to work. Man, I want to just, I want to say to our young people, great job. I want to say to Skyler and to Johan, to all of our praise singers, keep allowing the Lord, amen, to use you. Amen. I remember the first time I got up, was going to preach or teach or whatever it was, and I was so nervous, and I still get nervous, but that's okay, because the Lord, he's the one, amen, if we will submit ourselves to him, and he will use us, and he will do great things, and I believe God's going to use our young people, amen? But not just them. He's going to use you, and he's going to be, use me. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to, to grab them quickly, and, and we're going to move expeditiously. Amen. I do believe that the Lord has a word for us today, but I do solicit your prayers uh, that I will be able to communicate and articulate what the Lord has for us today. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians, as some would refer. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to be reading two verses, verses number 14 and verses uh, number 18. We have had an encounter uh, with the Lord today at this altar. Something happens to a man and a woman when they have an encounter with the Lord. The Bible says of Moses that when he came down from the mount, that the skin of his face shone. He eventually had to place a veil over his face because those that looked upon him could not bear the glory that shone from his face. And from then until now, the Jew as a people have not been able to see the glory of the Lord in the face of Jesus Christ. Our text this morning, it says, uh, But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Verse 18 says, And we all with unveiled face, everybody said unveiled face, continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray today that you would open up our understanding to receive your word, Lord. Let us, O oh God, look into your face and into your glory and see you high and lifted up let the church say amen. amen you may be seated In the book of Acts we read of Paul in Acts chapter 9 verse 3 it says and as he journeyed he came near to Damascus and suddenly everybody say suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth. And the scripture says that he heard a voice. Everybody said he heard a voice. 
saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? I want you to ask yourself that question today. What will you have me to do? All right, let's say it together. What will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and I want you to go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Oftentimes, there are things that we know we are required to do. Oftentimes, we come into the church, and the preacher or the teacher or the Sunday school teacher begins to tell us what we need to do. And we hear their voice. Everybody said, I heard the preacher's voice. Verse number seven says, And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. They heard something, but they didn't see from where the voice came. Verse number eight says, And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. The children of Israel could not look into the face of Moses because of the glory of the Lord that shone from his face. There is a glory from God that we are looking for that we're not going to be able to see in man. We can only see it in the presence of the Lord. Paul had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord shined a light round about him and knocked him off of his horse and he fell to the ground he heard a voice and he asked the question he knew immediately that there was something supernatural that was going on in his life but yet when his eyes were open the Bible says that he saw no man and he went to a place he went to a city the Lord directed him to go to the house of a man whose name was Ananias this man was expecting uh, uh, Paul and Paul uh, this man realized something is not quite right here this man has persecuted the church and and now the Lord wants me to go and he wants me to pray for this man and and I'm not sure but but Paul needed to see some things I want to preach to you today do you see what I see do you see what I see. Paul in verse 9 the scripture says and he was there three days without sight and neither did he eat or did he drink. Verse number 18 says though once this man that was directed by the Lord came to him and he began to talk with him. He called him brother Saul. He laid his hands on him and the Bible says and immediately there fell from his eyes as it were had been scales and he received his sight. Everybody said he received his sight. And forthwith he arose and was baptized. I believe today we've got a baptism that's going to take place, amen, immediately after service. 
We're going to see somebody go down in the wonderful name of Jesus. Paul, in his encounter with the Lord, began to recognize the condition of his life. Up until then, Paul was a Pharisee. He was a man that was religious. He was a religious leader. He was one that was standing up for the rights of the Jewish people. He heard about this heresy that was called, uh, at that time it wasn't called Christianity, but he knew that there were those that followed after this one named Christ. And Paul decided that I am going to fight against it. And he went to those in leadership and he received papers so that he could bring those back and set them before the judgment seat and throw them into prison. But all of a sudden, Paul, in his endeavor to do what he thought was right for the Lord, had a supernatural encounter with the Lord and it knocked him off of his feet. His eyes were open and he realized that he could not see. I am reminded of a fairy tale from my childhood. It is one in which the principal villain did not see herself for who she really was. Day after day, she would wake up. She would take that mirror and put it before her face. And she would peer into that mirror. And she would look for her reflection. You know it as the story called Snow White. The original writing of this story was found and published uh, in 1812. Later, it was made a popular Broadway uh, show. Eventually, it became an animated movie produced by Walt Disney in 1937. We can picture in our mind this, this, this young lady who had skin that was just as white and perfect as, as snow, and her hair was, was glistening black, but yet her mother or her stepmother would peer into this mirror every day and would say, Mirror, mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all day after day she would get the response back oh queen it is you that is most beautiful in all of the land but day after day this queen began to age a little bit get a little bit older but she kept working on herself and she kept looking in the mirror 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 on the wall who's the fairest of them all but there came a day when the mirror responded oh no my queen is no longer thy there is one who's just as fair or even more so than thy it is snow white all of a sudden the anger of this queen this jealousy and envy began to rise up. This queen only looked to see her outward reflection. And oftentimes, as people, when we look into the mirror of life, we only look for those things that are on the outside. It would be a fitting description today for many of us in this place. But I like what Isaiah says. Isaiah 1 and 18, it says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, 
they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. This villain, she, she, she only could see and she only had confidence in her natural beauty and her ability. And she did not understand that it could not be trusted. Your strength and your beauty, all of the things that we depend on in this life can really not be trusted. It only takes a moment of time for life to change your situation. You can be on top of the world one day. You can be in the deepest of valleys the next minute. It is not in the beauty of this life that we find peace and happiness and joy. And so this queen, in her vain opinion of life and how she viewed herself, only could see the reflection and listen to the words that it is you, my queen, that is the fairest in all of the land. She didn't comprehend that life is fragile. The Bible says in Job 14 and 1, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth as a shadow and continueth not. Life is fragile. Young man, young woman, you feel that you have life ahead. All the strength and the vigor in your body. All of the intelligence, all of the things that you feel life has in store for you. I pray and I believe that God has a great future. But life is fragile. Life is but a vapor. James 4 and 14 says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Fifty years on this earth on Thursday. 50 years. Wow. I can remember when my mom was 50 years old. I could remember when my grandmother was 50 years old. And now, that is so old. They say 50 is a new, what, 30? I'm hoping they push it all the way back to 20. Yeah, but when I get up sometimes, my bone says, nope, it's not the new 30. Not today. Life is but a vapor. It's here for a moment, then it's gone. I want to challenge you young people. I can remember 18, 19 years old. 
going to the gym, got those guns. It doesn't last. Does it, Brother Pixler? <laughs> it doesn't last. Life is fragile. Life is but a vapor. Life is limited. In Job, it also says, seeing his days are determined. Did you know your days are determined? The number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds, and he cannot pass. But man dieth and wasteth away, yet man, yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fail from the sea, and the flood decayeth and drieth up, so man lieth down and riseth not up, till the heavens be no more. They shall not awake, nor be raised out of thy sleep. It is appointed unto man once to die, and then after that, the judgment. People are going, wow, this is all is he talking about is the end of life. No. I want to talk to you today about life and how you can find life and how you can find it more abundantly. It starts, though, with understanding there are bounds, there are limitations, that life is fragile, that we have to make decisions quickly. We have to make decisions now because the Lord is soon to return. Life will continue. Job 14 and 14 says, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to work to the work of thy hand. Job says, In my ash in my body I'm going to live again this queen looked into this mirror she looked into the corruption that was called her flesh the scripture says though that this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal this mortality shall put on immortality it is no fairy tale, no fairy tale at all, that in those that are those in this place that have looked into the mirror of what we call life and only behold the reflections of this world. I want you to turn to your Bibles very quickly to the book of James. Do you see what I see. Do you see what I see? James chapter 1, I believe it is, verse number 19. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, I lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Here's what, where I want to get. It says in verse 22, 
But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. He told Paul, there are some things that you've got to do. I want you to go. There's going to be somebody that's going to come and they're going to tell you what you need to do. But yet Paul could not see. His eyes were blinded, the scripture says, and he could see no man. And, and this man came and laid hands on him and his eyes were open and then he went out and he did what the Lord required of him to do. Verse 23 in James, it says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his face, his natural face. Say, my natural face. I know you ladies and even some guys, they call them metrosexuals. They like prepping themselves. I was on YouTube and I saw uh, a video of a guy, and I like going to the barber. You wouldn't be able to tell by my. But there was nothing like going to the barber and letting them give you a nice, fresh cut and giving you a nice edge up and cleaning you up with a straight razor. There's nothing like that. But I saw on Facebook these guys, they went to this upscale barber shop, and they were waxing and shaping and lining and filling and doing all of that and I was thinking wow it just made me want to do this right here just but when we look into the mirror we see a reflection that reflection is who we are we can see talk about it earlier in Sunday school we are wonderfully and fearfully made but yet when we look into the mirror of this life what do you see do you see what I see the scripture says that for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. He sees him, his, his reflection. For he beholdeth himself, and he goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Every day that queen had to ask the question again, mirror, mirror, on the wall, who is the fairest of? them all. She turned away from that mirror and quickly forgot the image that she saw of herself. Verse 24 says, Behold, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in all his deeds. James describes the man who looks at himself through the eyes of the Spirit, but does not perceive himself for who he really is. Do you see what I see? Some are searching, trying to find beauty in this life, and they quickly uh, find themselves disappointed because 
There's nothing that is in this life that can give you the satisfaction that your soul is longing for. The only way you're going to find that satisfaction is to look into the word of the Lord and to see yourself for who you really are and to hear the word and then to do it and to apply it to your life. You've got to hear the word today. My purpose today is to bring you to a place of decision. When a preacher comes and stands before you and teaches and preaches you the word of the Lord, they should almost always bring you to a place of decision. They should bring the mirror of the word of the Lord and cause you to look into that mirror and to see yourself for who you are. Sometimes we look at ourselves in the mirror and we go, whoa, we take a step back. Early in the morning, we get up, and I look into the mirror sometimes, I'm like, whoa, yeah, you are almost 50. Wow, wash all of that stuff out of your face and brush those teeth. All of those things, we have to do something. We ought to look into the word of the Lord and to see ourselves for who we are. Romans 10 and 11 says, the scripture said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. But Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a mirror? without a preacher bringing the word of God to you and saying, look at yourself. See who you are in the face of Jesus Christ. Not to pull you down, not to make you feel bad in the sense that you can't get up, but it is something to show you that you can get up when life comes and knocks you down and takes the breath from you. You can get up, you can find a place in Jesus Christ you can look into the mirror of the Word of God and you can see the glory of the Lord. The Jews could not look in the face of Moses, so much so that Moses had to put a veil on his face. They couldn't, they couldn't stand to appear. But now we can look into the face of Jesus Christ and see the glory of the Lord. Hebrews 3 and 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. For some, when they heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. 1 Corinthians 1 and 21 says, For after that, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, uh, the, the wisdom of this world knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Everybody needs a mirror. Everybody needs a preacher. Everybody needs the word of God. 
I'm so glad that when I walked into that National Guard Armory uh, over 30 years ago, I just celebrated 30 years of receiving the Holy Ghost and being buried in that wonderful name. But when I walked in, I needed a preacher to stand up behind the pulpit and begin to preach the unadulterated word of God. I had to see myself for who I was. And as he began to preach, I realized, whoa, is me. I am undone. Today, hear the word of the Lord. But not just hear the word of the Lord, but I want you to do something. I had to turn from my own ways. I had to turn and, 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 and begin to make a conscious decision that I was going to commit myself and give myself to the Lord wholly and completely. If you choose not to do that, after hearing the word of the Lord, you're like that queen who every day had to get up and say, mirror, mirror, on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And every day she would have to come back again and again. But now I can get up every day and I can look into the mirror of the word of the Lord and I can see not my own reflection, but I can see the glory of the Lord working in my life. And if you want to see God's glory working in your life, take the mirror of the word of the Lord and peer into it every day. Read it, hear it, and then do it. You've got to do something. Living this life, walking with God, requires you to do something. James 1 and 25 says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. The word of the Lord brings liberty to us. The, the Spirit gives us liberty to serve Him and to live for Him. 1 Corinthians 13 and 10 says this, But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. For now we see through a glass dark. But then face to face. I know in part, but then shall I know even as, as also I am known. 1 John 3 and 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I want you to stand to your feet today. I want to challenge you. Do you see what I see. I see the glory of the Lord in this place. I see the glory of the Lord working in my life. I see the glory of the Lord changing this corruption to incorruption. This queen sought life only in this world. 
she even tried to affect the life of this one named Snow White. She brought to her what seemingly was death. But guess who came to the rescue? There was a prince that came. I'm so glad that I served the Prince of Peace. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Today, I challenge you to look into the word of the Lord. We've all come short of God's glory. We're all sinners, but there's grace. There's mercy. There's a watery grave of baptism where all of your sins can be washed away. Never, ever to be brought against you. I'm so glad that I went down in that wonderful name of Jesus. The Bible says that neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name of Jesus. You can have your sins washed away. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Like Paul, you can have the scales removed from your eyes so that you can see the glory of God. Why don't we lift our hands right now? The sight that I'm talking about is not physical sight. But we can see the glory of the Lord in this place it'll change you it'll cause you to to even look different it happened to Moses he even looked different the Bible says that his face the skin of his face shone because he was in the presence of the Lord that's why when you come from places like this services like this where the presence of the Lord is and people look at you and they go there's something different about you what is it we ought to be quick to tell them it's nothing but the presence of the Lord it is the power of the Holy Ghost see you didn't know me 20 years ago or 30 years ago 40 years ago there's one that did you wouldn't recognize me. But oh, what a change he's made in my life. What a change he's made. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Pick me up. Turn me around. Change the trajectory of my life. There's no telling where any of us would be without grace and mercy of the Lord. These altars are open if you'd like to come and pray and seek the presence of the Lord. Whatever you need, whatever you desire, whatever you're longing for, God can answer the thirsting of your heart.
the thirsting of your soul. I want him to be the center. At the center of it all. Hallelujah. From beginning to the end, it will always be, so always been you, Jesus.